0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Best Pictures Podcast. I'm Ian, and this is Maggie. And on this episode, we watched uh, the seventh Academy Award winner, It Happened One Night.
1: So in this uh, pre-code comedy, wealthy heiress Ellie Andrews, played by Claudette Colbert, runs away from her father in Miami and travels to New York to be with her husband, who her father doesn't approve of. Along the way, she is helped by newspaper man Peter Warren, played by Clark Gable, And he wants her exclusive story, but in the process, they, of course, fall in love and presumably live happily ever after.
0: We don't actually know, but the ending's really cute.
1: Um, It's absolutely adorable because, like I said, this is a comedy. It is the first romantic comedy to win. It has elements of a screwball comedy. And Ian, how excited are you that we get to say the word comedy (laughs) on this podcast?
0: Extremely, because it's been... A slog through some very serious movies. Yeah and I mean
1: some of them have had comedic moments or comedic mm. characters but this is the first one that it has just been flat out the purpose of the movie is to delight you. You know full disclosure audience this is one of my favorite movies um, therefore I find basically zero faults in it whatsoever.
0: (laughs) Well, we're going to have some (laughs) disagreement, I think, because there were a couple things that I wanted to maybe have done differently. Yeah,
1: Ian gets to be the like actual critical um, analyst on this one. (laughs) As I mentioned, it was a screwball comedy. I just wanted to kind of give an idea of what the elements of a screwball comedy are, because I think romantic comedy is probably something a lot of people are very familiar with. Screwball comedy in particular was very popular in the 30s and 40s, and it's characterized by a female that dominates the relationship with the central male character. It's uh, framed as a battle of the sexes, very fast-paced banter, farcical situations, escapist themes, and plot lines involving courtship and marriage.
0: Well, it definitely touches on every single one of those points. Yeah, exactly. So I, I enjoyed it a lot. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah. Oh, again, one of my favorite movies.
0: So yeah, that was a lie. I do know about you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I think this is also the first movie that we've both seen pre-recording the podcast. Yes.
0: Maggie actually sat me down and had me watch this, you know, a couple years back just for fun. Yeah. And enjoyed it just as much then. Yeah.
1: Um, we did both rewatch it though, so we are kind of looking at it through fresh eyes for the podcast, and exactly. I just was able to confirm what a wonderful movie it was. <laughs> um, a little bit more background. So this is one of the last romantic comedies to be created before the Motion Picture Association of America started enforcing the production code, also known as the Hays Code. Interesting. Um, it was introduced in 1930, but you know, hardly enforced until um, mm-hmm. late 1934. So this is one of the last ones to kind of sneak through before people really cracked down with the code. Mm -hmm. Um, It is also the first movie to win all five major Academy Awards, so Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, and Best Screenplay. Only two others have done that, and that is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest in 1976 and Silence of the Lambs in 1992.
0: Oh, so and they definitely weren't comedy. <laughs> no, very, very different genres. I'm really excited for Silence of the Lambs, by the way. We're
1: not going to talk about that until we get there. Um, Maggie not. did not.
0: She's not on board with that movie. Um,
1: so also Gable and Colbert were not super happy with the initial screenplay, which is why they brought in Robert Riskin to rewrite it. But I think it's interesting that they both had enough star power to go in and be like, we're not satisfied with this. Because neither of them were like super happy to be on this production. They both mm-hmm. kind of thought it was punishment.
0: Oh, um, for what?
1: So I think Claudette Colbert had refused to make another picture.
0: Oh, so this so was think, like the payback. You yeah, have I think to there was that.
1: And then I can't remember what it was with Gable. But like neither of them were super excited about it, which is very ironic to me because it got both of them their first Oscars and Mm -hmm. I think they're both absolutely amazing in it so the fact that you know that they weren't super satisfied to be there but then still gave amazing performances which we will talk a lot about (laughs)
0: yes the oh all of the actors in this film I think did a bang-up job um
1: it happened when I also won every award it was nominated for
0: nice Yeah. Completion bonus.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to run through kind of what else was nominated that year really quickly. I don't think we're going to talk too much about any of those because I think we can both agree that it happened one night, like 100% deserves it. Yes. Um, But the other Best Picture nominees were The Barretts of Wimple Street, Cleopatra, which Claudette Colbert also starred in, Flirtation Walk, The Gay Divorcee, Here Comes the Navy, The House of Rothschild, Imitation of Life, One Night of Lore, The Thin Man. then the last two nominees were Viva Via and The White Parade.
0: Well, I'm happy with It Happened One Night (laughs) When. So uh,
1: with that, we'll just move straight into our watch notes.
0: Definitely. So I really, really enjoyed the opening scene with Ellie and her father on the boat. Mm -hmm. So she's pouting below deck and giving such good face and moodiness and like, I'm not going to eat anything. I'm on hunger strike until you let me go to New York. And... (laughs) Like it you immediately start seeing how she's gonna be using some of these comedic elements yeah. in the rest of the film.
1: Yeah, I mean Kleda is Colbert is so good physically. Um, but I do love that as a character introduction because it's crisp almost. Like you immediately are like, Okay, I get a sense of who this character is, I can see where her character arc is potentially going to take her, and like I understand her motivations, I know exactly what she wants, and I know exactly like what forces she's up against to get yes. those things.
0: And you get to see what a fireball she is. Yes. So her father comes down and tries to convince her that, oh, no, you don't need to go and hang out in New York with King, which...
1: That's her uh, husband, King Wesley.
0: Who the hell names their kid King?
1: The Wesleys, apparently.
0: Wow. But he tries to get her to eat stuff, and she freaking flips the table. (laughs) Well, well, she
1: flips the table after he slaps her, which isn't okay. But I have to say, you know... She does physically match that by flipping the table and sort of like escalating the fight that way. But I Mm -hmm. do, you know, other than really kind of that slap, I really like her relationship with her father because it's contentious. But you can tell they both really care about each other throughout Mm -hmm. the movie and that they both like kind of respect each other. So first off, there's in that opening scene, there's one of my favorite lines in the whole film where the father tells her she's a stubborn idiot and Ellie turns around and says, I come from a long line of stubborn idiots.
0: It's the best 1930s oh, so good. burn ever. It's so good.
1: But, you know, later there's a part where the detectives are saying that he's sent out trying to find her. She makes her way to New York and he, the detectives are like, we can't find her. And he's like, well, of course you can't. She's too smart for you. But, like, keep trying. <laughs> and then, you know, later someone is like, or, you know, do you think she's okay? And the dad's like, of course she's okay. I just, like, want her back. Like, he... He considers her very capable, even if he doesn't, like, agree with this particular decision.
0: Yes, and I think that's probably fairly forward-thinking for that time period. I don't know about you, but I'm surprised that he is so comfortable culturally giving her so much leeway, Yeah, which Although I'm it on board is, with. It
1: is implied that, like, she grew up kind of very closely chaperoned and stuff. And so that some of the later kind of rebellious behavior is because of that. But I just, I think it's a very nuanced relationship and I think it's a very nice relationship and I think it's something that you don't always see in like a father daughter or just parent child relationship Mm -hmm. in movies of that time.
0: So with this introduction too, I love after she flips the table how she manages to go on deck jump off the boat, swim to shore and evade every single one of the goons of her dad that are following her. So I'm like, so it, she's apparently an Olympic swimmer or something. No, I like, don't. <laughs> the minute
1: she jumps off that boat and starts swimming, you're like, yes, I am behind you all the way. Go Ellie. Like exactly. what a badass move. Um, but I do like, cause you know, once Claudette Colbert's character, Ellie meets Peter Warren, Gable's character, you know, he often will accuse her at times of being like stupid or foolish or stuff like Mm -hmm. that, which in some ways she is because she is a very sheltered person who is now finding herself surrounded by very ordinary people because this is set like a contemporary setting for the film. So it Mm -hmm. is the middle of the great depression and it's, you know, she's an heiress who is riding a bus from Miami to New York. Like it's not a situation she's used to. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the film does a really nice job of establishing that like, Ellie's not dumb. She just is in an unfamiliar environment, and that's why she needs Peter Warren's help. Because what she does to get on the bus is she knows that people are going to be watching the bus station looking for her. So she gets somebody else to buy her ticket for her.
0: I love that she had the insight to make yeah, that happen. Cause she,
1: well, because like that's she's used to trying to run away and then being tracked down. So like, you know, it's they talk about it later, like this isn't the first time she's just like done something like this. But she's so, learning each time she yes, do, does so, it. But apparently. she knows like she knows how to evade the people looking for her. And there's like that line where that one guy is like, I told you Ellie Andrews wouldn't be riding the bus. And it's like <laughs> she knew that they would think that that was not the first place she would go. And just to be safe, she had somebody else buy her ticket for her like Boom. yeah i think it's super super smart of her and i think that's again you know the characters in this movie are so incredibly well written and they are contradictory and they're nuanced and their relationships with each other are so individual and unique and i think that's just kind of part of it
0: definitely I guess moving on to Mr. Warren. Speaking of another great character
1: (laughs) introduction.
0: He's introduced while he's on the phone with his editor in New York.
1: Drunkenly on the phone with his editor.
0: And tearing his editor a new one. Yes, they are
1: having quite the heated argument. And it's cutting back and forth between the editor sitting at his desk, you know, know, being like, I can't believe you are doing this again. Like, don't continue to fight with me. I don't know why I keep you around. You're
0: fired. Yeah,
1: firing him eventually. And of course, Gable's, it's um, on the phone with him and it's cutting back to Gable on the phone in this phone booth with like a crowd of drunks behind him cheering him on.
0: Which why are there is like, why is there a crowd of drunks hanging around him? I just don't the, understand. He made friends
1: at the bar, <laughs> Ian. Like what else are you going to do? It's a bunch of drunks at the bar in the middle of the great depression. Some guy says he's going to go yell at his boss on the phone. Like, yeah, why not go well, along, see that show. But, um, you know, again, Gable's performance also so incredible. I love like the change you see in his face when he actually gets fired. It's like the, Oh shit. It yeah. actually happened this time. But of course he can't let his, uh, audience, know that that's what happened so he
0: soldiers on like ad-libbing half of a conversation
1: yeah yeah, that that's what i thought you said and all this stuff and then of course they cheer him when he hangs up and they do this lovely little like procession to the (laughs) bus that i love where he's got gable's got his coat draped over his arm he's like chin up in the air walking very solemnly while people are like clapping for him and like parading him to the bus That's
0: i the loved it just it just feels so weird
1: i loved it but it's like it's like yes ludicrous to a point and like kind of whimsical but like i think still believable
0: believable definitely i think the whimsical helps play into the comedic aspects of the film it's and so it's like,
1: it's funny but like i can 100% see that of happening like happening in real life
0: I'm not sure I agree, but I'll go with it, because <laughs> okay. it was still enjoyable to watch. Maybe,
1: maybe I'm just more like sociable when out and about in the world than you are.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a total introvert. <laughs> yeah, you definitely yeah. would have been the person with the crowd of admiring drunks around you. <laughs> <laughs> so after this awesome introduction, we get to start to see Peter and Ellie interacting. So oh, Well,
1: first, we oh. get Peter interacting with that bus driver, and we get that lovely, oh, yeah, exchange
0: yes, that is mirrored later on. Oh, so yeah, forgive me around. for skipping over this. No, really important it's okay. Part. I, j-
1: I just want to bring it up because one, it is another good example of like Gable's comedic abilities, but mm-hmm. it also, they do mirror it later on in like very kind of funny and like even almost sweet ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gable gets on the bus. There's like a load of newspapers sitting in the seat in the back, which he wants. Mm-hmm. So he like asks the driver to move them. The driver's like, move them yourself. So Gable starts tossing them out of the bus window, <laughs> which I, I really like because it's also that it's like newspapers because like he just got fired from his news reporting job. So like, of course he's kind of disgusted by just newspapers right now. So he starts tossing them out the bus window. The bus driver gets angry and like comes up and is like, did you do that? And he's like, yeah, I did that. And then basically they start going back and forth where the bus driver just keeps going, oh, Yeah. And then Gable will say like some long drawn out sentence kind of insulting him or being like, you can't, um, you know, these seats are for people, not newspapers. And like (laughs) says something witty. And then, of course, the bus driver's response is still, oh, yeah. And it goes like back and forth until finally Gable says, you got me. Yeah. And of course, like the bus like erupts in applause and stuff. And it's just it's such a great moment.
0: I enjoy it. But in the middle of that mm. scene is when we get to see Ellie kind of sneak on the bus and between the bus driver and, uh, Peter. And she goes and takes the seat that he just cleaned off. So not only did you get this like kind of slinky movement from, uh, Colbert when she was moving through, um, which again, her physical comedy and her use of space as she moves throughout all mm-hmm. of the sets. is just fantastic. Um, You get to see her, like, sneak in, and then when Peter comes back and is like, you just took my seat. What are you doing?
1: Well, and she's like, driver, are these seats assigned? And he's like, no. And so she's like, ha, gotcha. And then he's like, well, they're supposed to fit two people, right?
0: And he just sneaks himself in between the window and her.
1: It's such, (laughs) such like, a good meet-cute, because it, like, immediately establishes, like, conflict between the two characters, Mm -hmm. and, like a kind of contentious relationship between the two of them.
0: Yes. And I think that adversarial relationship is what makes the payoff at the end. Yeah. So well, that's, good. That's,
1: it gives it, it gives them some place for their relationship to grow because mm-hmm. they're not immediately friends. In fact, immediately she's like this man's super rude and he's like, this woman is super spoiled. And so they both mm-hmm. have to kind of like work <laughs> through those understandings of each other and come to something different.
0: Yes. But from this point on, I love how we start getting into the it's not a comedy of errors so much as just a lot of stuff and misunderstandings happen. Well, but the
1: thing is because sometimes that can feel really like contrived and dumb because mm-hmm. you know it's that classic romantic comedy thing of like if they would just talk to each other right it would all be resolved but because the characters are so well written and then well acted, you're like yeah no, those characters would not Discuss that. Like it's right. all of the situations that they find themselves in are completely character driven and completely believable.
0: Right. So if one awesome example of this with Ellie is when the bus makes a stop in Jacksonville, she gets off and is like, Oh, they'll wait for me. And the, this is where we get a repeat of the, Oh yeah. Motif yeah. with the bus driver. Um, cause she's like, you're going to wait for me. Right. And he's like, Oh yeah. And she's like, well, yeah. No, well actually, <laughs> and
1: I love this little, it's, oh, it's so good. She says, Yes. And I love it because it's very proper. And it's just, it's very Ellie. And she says it like, yes. like And of,
0: the contrast. Of course you
1: will. Like she yeah. just, she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't get it. And it's not because she's stupid. It's because she's Ellie Andrews. Never in her life has she like asked someone to wait for her and then not wait for her. Mm-hmm.
0: And so this aspect of her personality is then what puts her and Peter together, waiting for the bus the next day. Yeah. So I love how that character aspect of Ellie has now, you know, provided more comedic fodder and more relationship development yeah. opportunity. Well, and it
1: also what happens, you know, for Peter to stay is he recognizes her from right. um, her. There's um, a picture of her in the paper and like a reward, and I think it's interesting that with Peter's character, his mind isn't immediately reward. Mm -hmm. His idea is story. He's like, get the story, get my job back. Um, and so it's like more of a long-term play, I guess. And it it doesn't feel so like quite as manipulative, though I do like that he tells her very upfront, Mm -hmm. like, I want to help you, but I want to help you because I want your story. Like there's immediately like a Business like relationships there.
0: Yes, he's not being duplicitous, which means that we're able to like him more. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I think that's it's it's very keeping with his character because he does have like all these. Peter's got a lot of pride, and there is a speech that he gives to Ellie's character that I don't really like about humility and like helping people out of human kindness. And you're like mm-hmm. Peter, but you're helping her because you want her story. So there's like a little bit there where you're like Peter, get off your high horse. Yes, but like it's very in keeping with his character that he would not go straight for the reward, but be like, I want the thing that I am going to have to work for a little bit. And he's, Mm -hmm. you know, and his angle isn't like, I'm going to turn you in. It's like, I'll help you get to New York, but I want to write the story.
0: Exactly. So kind of in keeping with more of Ellie's characteristics that puts her and by proxy Peter in kind of a bind, um, after that stop in Jacksonville, now they've made just, I presume, a short like get some coffee use the bathroom yeah. one of those breaks he's, is he's had away. to
1: basically explain to her finances
0: hey, well this was this is where she gets her bag taken is what I'm thinking about
1: well she also gets her bag taken but it's after that stop too he basically is like how much did you spend on lunch and she like tells him and he's like okay that's too much for you to be spending on lunch because you have to get all the way to New York on the money you currently have because yeah. like She can't wire for more money because then they know exactly where she is.
0: And so she's definitely a fish out of water with this. And then she goes and just leaves her bag semi unattended where this guy steals it.
1: Yeah. Which, (laughs) I mean, once again, why, like, she's never been in that situation. Like, why would she know? But it's, I think, you know, kind of those things happening. And I think her bag might actually get stolen a little later before he knows who she is. Uh, or a little earlier before he knows who she is
0: either way you know, but, but, I love that, how her personality and her yes. character is exactly what's but it. like you know
1: kind of the main things I think with you know yeah. no matter where it happens like when in the story it happens with the bag getting, getting stolen and like Gable having to like talk to her about budgeting you see Ellie realize that she needs Peter's help mm-hmm. and I think that's her very much realizing like yeah I'm in a situation where I could use some
0: help so while they're on the bus we also get introduced to another character Shapley,
1: which i think goes back to again like we'll describe this character and stuff but like the writing is so good like Shapley's mm-hmm. a very minor character but he's so well done and you like immediately like know the character and the actor who plays him does like a very nice job too but yes. it's just again with that writing like no, no character is too small. Like none of the characters have been neglected. It feels like
0: right. So like Ellie sits down next to this guy and he immediately starts making overtures to her. And the way that it's written, you're able to get that he's a massive slime ball immediately, which yeah. I love, I love. Now, one thing that I felt really bad about, and I'm like, okay, well, Things haven't changed much is that Peter has to come up and be like, can I sit next to my wife?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, Shapley doesn't apologize to Ellie. He apologizes to Peter. Exactly. And is like, oh, I didn't know she was your wife. Like.
0: It's so much bullshit.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a lot of bullshit, but like.
0: Again, it's a product accurate. of its Oh uh, Yeah. <laughs> well, it is accurate. <laughs> it's
1: accurate a little today too. um, But yeah. So this once again puts Peter and Ellie together. Mm hmm. But in like a situation where like Peter's helping Ellie out a little bit. And it you know, again, like these are things that it's like it's so character driven because like they were fighting. So like you have to have a reason for them to be like back in contact again. So mm-hmm. it's like
0: And Shapely provided that exactly. with a plum
1: Exactly. Like it was so good. Um and then I guess we go from that to the first like night on the road where they stay in one of those like uh, roadside motels.
0: Yes. And so this is where they start posing as a married couple, yeah. which I love.
1: Yeah, because 1930s you couldn't like get a room unless you were married.
0: Cuz god forbid you would be unmarried and yes. sleeping together.
1: Or just sleeping in the same cabin.
0: Yeah, cuz those were some they tiny all have double, twin beds. Like they all yeah, they all had twin <laughs> beds.
1: Um I do love that like that's when Claudette Colbert asks his name. And he says, Peter Warren. And she goes, Peter Warren, I don't like it. (laughs) And her facial expression is so good. Like he could help it. His response is, don't let it bother you. You're giving it back to me in the morning.
0: (laughs) Like I love it. Like it's,
1: oh, the banter is so good.
0: It really is. And is this where he dropped the, you're just a headline to me line? Probably. Because it was.
1: Because she assumes that like. He's trying to pull something.
0: Yeah, and he's obviously not. He cares about the headline. Yeah,
1: he's like, no, you're just a headline to me. And that's when we get the first Walls of Jericho.
0: Exactly. Oh, the one... One of the things that I really like about this film is how it it uses these different either dialogue motifs or devices that Mm -hmm. get repeated multiple times. But like in different
1: ways and they're like... Yeah.
0: So in order to keep them kind of separate, uh, he put... Peter puts up a clothesline with a blanket draped Mm -hmm. over it to try and, you know, give each of them privacy. And and
1: refers to it as the walls of Jericho to kind of, like, assure Ellie that, like... I think he says, like, it's the walls of Jericho and don't worry, I don't have a trumpet. Just to, like, (laughs) kind of assure her, like, he's not trying to pull something and, like, no, I'm giving you your privacy and stuff. Although, Ellie's still pouting about this and you get this, like, little bit of monologue that Gable delivers so beautifully where he... He just like starts stripping because he's like, "I'm ready to go to bed." Like you can like, stand there moping,
0: or but, you like, can give me my privacy. Yeah, and he exactly. goes into this speech about how you can tell a lot about a man by how he undresses, and yeah, he in didn't what take order? A sh- exactly.
1: Um, and he, <laughs> there's one part where he's like, "You'd think that the shoes would be next or something," but like not yet. Or like anyway, the shoes come off way too late.
0: They are the first thing that come off. Yeah, and I'm like, dude. Like, no, like, <laughs> what is this telling us about you that you take your I shoes off? When I walk into
1: my apartment, my shoes come <laughs> off. Like, agreed. Like, yeah, I was like, I don't understand. I was like, Gable, you're doing this wrong. <laughs> Although, interesting fact, which I have not fully been able to confirm whether or not it's true, but is a fun bit of lore that I like. So, when Gable takes off his shirt, he is not wearing an undershirt, which would have been like very common kind of for that time period Mm -hmm. and legend has it that after this movie men's undershirt sales plummeted because gable wasn't wearing an undershirt and therefore american men were not going to be wearing an undershirt
0: oh i really hope that that's true i would love for
1: it to be i mean part of me is also like it was the great depression so why would you be buying undershirts if you like didn't necessarily have to like i don't know
0: well yeah i didn't live through the depression so i have no insight on that point (laughs) thank
1: goodness but yeah, but no, I, I hope it's true, too. I'd love for it to be true.
0: But the scene, too, gave both Colbert and Gable an opportunity to play off one another really well. And so that's one thing. Their Hands chemistry down. is so good yes. throughout all so of this. So, like, the
1: whole bit at the at night is great. Um, but then there's the scene. Well, there's a couple scenes in the morning. I guess we'll kind of break it down. So there's the first bit in the morning is when Gable comes back with breakfast. hmm And it's um, like a donut and some black coffee. And this is where you kind of get to know more of Ellie's background. And she explains that like that's the first time she's ever really been alone with a man. And like her whole life she's been chaperoned. And she tells the story of how her and her husband King Wesley met. Where she basically was trying to evade bodyguards in a department store. Ran out the back and jumped into a random car that happened to be King Wesley's car.
0: Which let's just say this is a different day and age.
1: Yeah, but, we're only a very rich person who's maybe probably not going to murder you might have a... car. Uh, though, you know what? I still would be worried that that rich person would murder me. Like, I mean,
0: we could have a 1930s American psycho on our yeah, hands. Yeah, I'm not... Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, it's kind of like dangerous move there, Ellie. But, um, you know, she explains that that's how she met him. And you get this idea that like so much of her attachment to King Wesley, like the reason she married him is because he sort of represents this freedom that she wants or this Mm -hmm. like lack of scrutiny that she wants or just like this rebelliousness and it's not necessarily him that she's really in love with so much as like what he represents to her.
0: She likes the idea of being free of her familial like restrictions and obligations. Um,
1: But so you get a good bit of insight into her character with that and then you also get this very charming moment Where she goes to dunk her donut in her coffee and Gable like is like, what are you doing? And she thinks he's gonna yell at her for dunking her donut, because she was like, They used to yell at me for that in finishing school all the time and like all my boarding schools. And he's like, (laughs) No, if you're gonna dunk your donut, do it properly. And so it's like not yelling at her for dunking the donut, but for doing it wrong.
0: Which I love because it, it, again, adds to Peter, his character's belief that he knows the best yes, way to do everything. Yes,
1: he's so curmudgeonly. And which I think, we're going
0: to bring up that curmudgeonly thing yes. in a later scene. Yes, but. well, and I think
1: I think that's, you can tell starting in that scene that it amuses Ellie so much. Mm-hmm. Which I think is like part of that relationship because then as the movie goes on, she'll kind of start to like bait him a little bit. Where she <laughs> yes. like knows he's going to get riled up about something. Um and I think it kind of starts there. But then we move on to my favorite scene.
0: Oh, this the scene is entire amazing. Movie.
1: It is comedic gold. So two of the detectives that, her, that Ellie's father has hired show up at this motel camp. And they are brought to the cabin. And Ellie initially freaks out because she's like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And Peter's like, I got this. So he like sits her down in a corner, hand, like messes up her hair, hands her a brush, and then like, Starts getting dressed, like, finishing getting dressed and, like, just talking as if they were this, like, bickering married couple.
0: Well, and I think it even went beyond bickering. Oh, like it gets, it gets there. At first, fight. he's, at
1: first he's like, arguing about something. The detectives come in and they immediately kind of go over to Ellie and are, like, looking at her and holding up a picture for reference. And Claudette Colbert is, like, got her hair. She's brushing it over her face and stuff so they can't really see And like, pretending to be doing her hair. And she puts on this, like, little voice. That mm-hmm. is so funny <laughs> and because the detectives are like, hey, you know, can can you like look up at us because we think you might be this person. She's like, who, me? And like acting like super innocent. And of course, Gable turns around and immediately starts acting like an overprotective jerk.
0: Yes. And yelling at the policeman for getting involved. Yeah. Well, and in then their... Ellie,
1: Ellie gets really into it, too, and is like, they were just trying to ask a question. And he's like starts yelling at her and then she starts pretending to like scream, cry. And the detectives look so uncomfortable, which, you know, it's the 30s. So the police are like, oh, no, no, this is a domestic dispute. Yes, he's like violently yelling at her, but it's a domestic dispute. Yeah. Like, we should go.
0: Which that's problematic on a lot yeah. of levels.
1: Yeah. But there, even if
0: it ends up giving some good comedic. Yeah,
1: it's you know, it's we know it's fine. We know it's an act. So like we can enjoy it in this movie yes. for like it's comedic.
0: But the way that Ellie is able to immediately pick up what Peter is laying down in this scene, again, is reinforcing how much closer they've gotten. Well, and
1: it gives them something to bond over later because what happens then is the detectives leave. They immediately start cracking up about it. And then someone comes by to tell them the bus is about to leave. And the minute that person knocks on the door, immediately Ellie is back to scream crying and Gable's yelling at her. Like
0: it's perfect and
1: then the person's like oh your bus is about to leave and they're like oh we should finish packing and then like leave yeah and it just shows it gives them such like a bonding moment
0: i might actually have to go and rewatch that scene oh, it's so after good. This. i'll see if
1: i can like post it to the instagram or something oh,
0: it's so good love it so now they're back on the bus again and they're in their. Is this before or after we get rid of shapely
1: no this is the song
0: Okay, man, on so, the trying
1: flappy or trapeze on the <laughs> <laughs> words today, um, on the bouncy bus set that I really love. Oh,
0: that I really do enjoy all of these sets. Like that effect in the bouncy bus reminded me a little bit of the foxhole in All Quiet, where they have this thing probably on some hydraulic something or other that's like yeah. shaking the crap out of everything.
1: It's It's definitely like exaggerated, but I really loved it.
0: Uh, yes it's just the right account right amount of camp for me yes um yeah
1: that's a good what a good way to like talk about this movie it's like there is camp to it there's a whole lot of heart to it which i think balances out the camp but there's a bit of camp to it Mm -hmm.
0: and i'd like to say it wouldn't be a film from the 30s if there wasn't a musical interlude with singing and dancing and live musicians yes (laughs) that's one of my
1: favorite things about the 30s films
0: but that was really enjoyable, and and you get the other cute meat scene that you would like meat cute. Meet cute. Ian. I like cute meat.
1: No, it's it's, it's meat cute. cute. We gotta work on your terminology. Yeah. So,
0: dear listener, I didn't know what a meat cute was until Maggie told me like thirty minutes ago. <laughs> yep. Yep. We're gonna we're gonna have to get you to watch
1: some more romantic comedies.
0: Yeah, not usually my cup of tea.
1: It's a staple.
0: This one's great, though. Um, But the bus driver ends up going into a ditch or a pothole or maybe a bridge is out. They they
1: end up, they're like in, they kind of run into a pond. Yeah. Like no one's hurt, but like they do run into a pond. It ends the song.
0: But Ellie and, did Ellie and Clark fall or was it just Ellie? I think
1: Ellie falls over and like kind of between the seats yeah and, and
0: immediately starts cracking up because no one's hurt and she's fine and she's like yeah. oh what fun adventures we're on what? and that gives uh peter's character the opportunity to go and help her and again yeah,
1: and, and another little like bonding moment exactly um, and there's nice shots during the entire song of like them kind of like singing along together mm-hmm. and like to I show really... that they really bonded
0: yes agreed. And I really did like how they were able to use that set and get cameras in on the right angles with it. Mm-hmm. So, it's No, the
1: set design, I think it's it's a little probably underrated or I would say it's something that you necessarily don't notice that much because like they're not extravagant sets, but like
0: But they're effective.
1: Yes, and they're very clearly like built well and the, all the action within them is blocked very well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But we also get like a little bit mo- of a moment of seriousness and a reminder of we are in the middle of the Great Depression mm-hmm. um, because after the bus crash there, you know, you hear a kid crying for his mom and the mom's fainted. And the kid explains that they haven't had anything to eat in the past couple of days because the bus tickets were more expensive than they thought. But they mm-hmm. have to get to New York because his dad's up there with a job and like they need to get up there. Uh, so he doesn't lose
0: the job though I'm confused Why? As to, yeah. well but again maybe it was the 30s when maybe there was an issue with we gave you this job because you had a family and yeah, we want maybe. you to be reliable and at
1: yeah I don't I don't know about that
0: social like, bullshit yeah
1: there's uh, yeah I think there's something there that we just don't understand about the time period necessarily um but anyway so Gable pulls the kid aside and is like talking to the kid and all and you can tell that he really I think you know we talk about uh, Gable's character being so curmudgeonly and stuff, but like he definitely has a heart. Mm -hmm. And you see that here where he he like kind of slightly pulls out, you know, the remaining money that he and Ellie have because they've pulled their finances. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can see him doing the calculations in his head to be like, can I help this kid? Because like, you know, at the end of the day they have to get to New York Mm -hmm. Um, and Ellie comes over just sees the money in his hand, grabs it and gives it to the kid. So again, All of it. well, and again, we see though that like Ellie also has a heart. They just, yeah. they're from two very different backgrounds. So they're approaching this issue differently because they have different experiences because Ellie's never had to worry about money. She's like, yeah, give the money exactly.
0: to the kid. So uh, yet another example of how Ellie's characterization is driving the problems that they have to go and resolve. Yeah. Love it.
1: And it's, it's so good. And then of course, Gable has a very nice reaction where he's kind of like, oh, no, don't do that. But then, like, doesn't take the money away from the kid. And the kid, like, asks him, he's like, but you guys need this. Will you be okay? And was like, yeah, we'll be fine. But, yeah, so now
0: everyone's... Sh- Shapely scene. Shapely returns. Really so the scumbag Shapely from earlier has recognized Ellie at this point. Because mm-hmm. everyone's and, getting
1: off the bus while they, mm-hmm. like, figure out what to do about it. And
0: Exactly. And... Basically comes up to Peter and is like, hey, I'll split this reward with you. He's like,
1: knew she wasn't your wife. I know it's like a whole thing. You want that reward? I'll split it.
0: But oh my gosh, Peter's reaction is immediately to basically put on airs like he's in the mob. I love it.
1: Yes. Well, we haven't talked much about like cinematography or lighting
0: but this, this scene was so well shot and so well oh lit.
1: my god I loved it so much and like the whole time I was like watching it I was just like this is beautiful this is beautiful this is the most beautiful thing I've ever yes. seen
0: so uh, Peter takes Shapely out into the woods kind of away from the mm-hmm. bus and well, you, you can see, see it kind
1: of lit in the background yes. um, but it's the camera as this conversation happens it's very close in on the two of them and it's just them standing. In profile, looking at each other, talking to each other, mm-hmm. and they're backlit by the moon. And you yes. can kinda of, you can like kind of see their facial expressions, but they're a little bit in shadow. But
0: well it's like that dappled moonlight yeah. coming through. And the camera the... just
1: holds as the conversation takes place. Yes,
0: And I love how that Mood that that lighting creates is super appropriate for the fact that Peter's like, oh, you just got yourself in on a mob deal. Yeah, basically
1: he starts talking. He's like, oh yeah, so you're in it on, or you want to be in on it with like so and so and so and so, and insinuates that this is a mob kidnapping, which Shapley, because again the the characterization for the minor characters is so good because we know Shapley's a scumbag. Mm -hmm. We also get told or shown, not told, which is I think is the important distinction. Yes what of a coward Shapley is too because he's immediately like oh oh no 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 like that's not what i'm here for like i'm not into that and then gable's like well now you know so like now you have to either be in or run away or like i'm gonna kill you and like pretends he has a gun in his pocket but it's very obviously not it's just his, but Shapely, his, his the,
0: just like takes off and he trips and it's
1: so good. <laughs> Yeah. like
0: I shouldn't laugh at people no, tripping good. but it was so it's well, such a and here's well-acted the thing part
1: is that like they did such a good job of earlier establishing shapely as such a mm-hmm. scumbag that you're like very okay with like peter pulling this yes
0: I was totally on board <laughs> yeah
1: no it's so good and then of course though peter's like people are starting to recognize ellie we need to go so he like grabs her grabs his suitcase and is like
0: they Let's take go. off and start walking through the woods. They ford a river. Which I I
1: really <laughs> love the river fording scene because there's, again, the dialogue is just so good. They're
0: arguing over piggyback it's rides. It's
1: so good, though. <laughs> They're arguing over the definition of what a piggyback ride is, which Ellie's wrong, Gable's right. We all know this because basically Gable slings Ellie over one shoulder to carry her across the river, mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, it's been so long since I've had a piggyback ride, and he's like, this is not a piggyback he's ride. He's
0: almost like firemen carrying her across yeah. this river. It is not a piggyback. It's so
1: good. And they start arguing about it. And she's like, yeah, my dad used to carry me like this all the time when I was a kid. It's a piggyback ride. And He's like, your dad doesn't know what a piggyback ride is. <laughs> and I love the way Ellie just like in the fight is there's a pause and she just goes. My father was a great piggybacker. <laughs> and then, of course, Gable goes, hold this, hands her the suitcase, and just, like, pops her once on the butt.
0: <laughs> it was, Again, with the physical comedy. Yeah. Loved it. And I actually, I'm, I'm debating whether I liked the lighting in that scene. Because they were backlit it. the whole time, so we, like, couldn't see their faces. I wanted to see their faces. I mean,
1: I liked it. I think you could still see some of their faces. But, again, they're both so good physically and mm-hmm. not just with facial expressions. You like, just
0: needed to see their silhouette.
1: Well, cause like Ellie's like squirming half the time and keeps like <laughs> trying to look back over her shoulder to like talk to him. And he's like trying to keep her still kind of, so they don't both fall over in the river. Like I, I just, they're both so good. And again, like it's such a beautiful character moment. Yes.
0: And I agree it worked, but. I would still make the argument it's in spite of the the lighting. Like, the acting is so good, it makes up for um,
1: it. This movie is flawless. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> so this also leads into another scene where I had some Have a wrong thought. opinion? Well, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying it's wrong. Um, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but they get into this little clearing with some hay, and they're going to start bedding down for the night. Um, they end up basically having an argument because she's all hungry and he's like, well, you shouldn't have given away our money. And she beds down, kind of rolls over, pouts a little bit, Mm -hmm. as you would expect.
1: And he, you know, and I think this is such like a a Peter Warren character thing is that several times in the movie, he like goes to make a very like nice kind of romantic gesture. Yes. But doesn't tell Ellie he's going to do it. (laughs) Like in his mind, you can tell that he's like, this will be a nice surprise but he doesn't tell her so then like he leaves and she freaks out because she's of course like i've been abandoned
0: yes but okay so here's where i think she went from zero to peter 100. goes to get
1: peter goes to get her food just clarifying yes. that's what he's so doing so
0: he's gone she's like peter she was talking to no one well, for, for a she, while yeah she
1: starts to like talk and she's like you really hate me but like all of this stuff and like kind of like i don't know like needling him a bit mm-hmm.
0: but then she's like oh you're not here and to me, it almost felt like she went immediately to screaming her head off. I like, think you're immediately. wrong. Immediately, I think
1: you're wrong because it's not immediate. It is a fast buildup. I will give you that. It is. It happens quickly, but there's definitely like moments of her being like, "Peter, are you just like sulking now?" And then she turns around, look, like, Peter, and like doesn't see him. Gets up, calls his name a couple of times, and then you can tell that the panic builds, and then mm-hmm. she's like screaming his name because she thinks she thinks she's been abandoned. Like, think of it this way: it has already been proven to her that like while she can get on the bus and like Mm -hmm. think of how to get to New York. She doesn't have a whole lot of knowledge about like what she's doing anymore.
0: Yeah. And she's out in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. They've left the
1: bus now. Like the one thing that she like had, like she is now completely relying on Peter Warren to get Mm -hmm. her to where she's going. And she is out in the middle of nowhere about to sleep in a haystack. Like the one person who's been helping her, who she is also probably at this point, I would say falling in love with. Mm -hmm. She probably hasn't admitted to herself yet, but like they are in the process of falling in love. He has now left her. Like, would you not freak out? I'd freak out. I'd
0: freak out, but I don't know. It just felt like it happened really, really fast. And I need to rewatch it and see if I still feel that way. I mean, I will say it does happen fast,
1: but I think it happens fast, but it doesn't seem illogical to me.
0: Agreed. I agree that it is not illogical.
1: Okay, so then I you still admit wish it that would have been you been wrong, bit and it more was perfect, subtle. and Claudette Colbert has a flawless performance at all times in this movie. Understood. Now we can move on.
0: Let the record state <laughs> that Ian I'm, did I'm cutting not re- say that. I'm cutting that. I edit these. <laughs> I'm
1: cutting that. I'll just edit in you being like, exactly, because you say that a lot.
0: Or absolutely. Or absolutely.
1: That's one of your faves. Um, but yeah, so now moving on to, I will say my second favorite scene in this movie
0: it's a close one.
1: It is certainly the most iconic, I would say,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, because it is also spoofed a good bit.
0: Yes. Um, so we open after Peter comes back, has some carrots.
1: They're walking down the road.
0: Again, Ellie is still in these heels that I'm like...
1: Oh, yeah. My shoes would have been gone.
0: Why is she... Ill- the ugh.
1: minute the minute when someone was like, we're walking to New York, I'd be like tossing my heels in the next bush and just been like maybe cool. they're just
0: really expensive really comfortable I heels I don't care those are
1: gone I mean <laughs> well I guess it's you know maybe the ground would like cut up her feet but I don't I don't know I've taken off heels after like a long night before and just like walked on the sidewalk
0: barefoot before <laughs> so but they end up at the side of the road because they're just really tired out yeah, and she's they complaining try
1: and... cause she's hungry she's tired her feet hurt and Peter's like fine we'll hitchhike
0: and so now Peter, in his infinite wisdom, launches into his whole spiel about the best way to hail mm-hmm. a car. And is
1: it there are three or four?
0: I believe it's three.
1: Okay. I think it's three, but they're, they've all got like different explanations to it. Right. Them.
0: So one is like the I don't care if you stop or not. One the is other is like the really
1: forlorn sad. guy. Exactly. Yeah. And Peter, Peter's, of course, explaining all of these in detail.
0: Because Ellie obviously couldn't understand. Yes, he understand. has to explain to her
1: how to hitchhike. He's like, we get one car coming. He's like, I'll show you how number one looks. And, like, does that one. Car doesn't stop. Second car, second one doesn't work. Third car, third one doesn't work. And then there's this great shot of just a whole parade of cars just <laughs> flying past while Peter's frantically trying to do the different hitchhiker And none signals. of them stop. Well, and he just subtly devolves into, like, uh, thumbing his nose at one guy and, like, making obscene gestures and stuff. Um, and, of course... It's framed beautifully because you have him in the foreground doing all of that, and you've got Ellie lounging on this fence <laughs> that is like the thinnest fence I've ever Apparently, seen. Apparently, Claudel.
0: Oh my goodness. Claudette Colbert is apparently about as thin as a sheet of paper. <laughs> yeah. She's teeny
1: tiny and must have amazing balance because she's like lounging on that fence post and you can see her watching and just getting more and more amused as all this happens. And then, uh, Peter sits down and he's like, I don't know what's wrong with people today and all this stuff. It's not his fault. No, it's course other not. people's no, 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 no. fault. Peter knows what he's doing. He's <laughs> but, um, she's then like which I have to say that is, I think the character of Peter Warren, I can imagine maybe two other actors that could pull that character off and still be very charming and likable. Mm -hmm. I would say maybe Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart would potentially be able to do that. But like it's I I think like again, Gable's so good and it's such a good performance because I think that takes a lot of balance and I think, Mm -hmm. you know, so many other people it just would have been a dislikable character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then Ellie decides, she's like, can I give it a shot? And of course you can tell that like Ellie's like, got a plan. And of oh, course, and does
0: she have a plan? Oh, yes. And Peter's like,
1: you, like, whatever, and all this stuff. And, she, and I love the line where she goes, I'll stop a car, and I won't use my thumb. <laughs> so she walks out to the side of the road, and you have the iconic shot of her kind of, like, hitching up her skirt to above the knee. And she, like, flexes her leg. And, of course, the car comes, like, screeching to a halt.
0: I laughed out loud at this scene. Yeah.
1: And, <laughs> of course, then it cuts to Gable's face, and he's, like, astonished.
0: Yes. Yes. And so... They have, they're now in the car with this dude that's like, Oh, you're newlyweds, yeah. how sweet! I remember when I was a new Gable,
1: Gable's pouting,
0: yes, because he couldn't stop the yes. car. But Poor then baby. I love how you
1: get another sense of like the growth in their relationship because you have Ellie kind of being able to bring him out of that because mm-hmm. like the guy then starts singing, oh,
0: which grates on Peter so much, <laughs> yes, and
1: Peter's so unhappy about it, but Ellie finds it so funny, and so you see her like nudging Peter and like. Whispering comments to him about it, and it kind of brings him out of his grumpiness a bit.
0: Now, this is where I have other thoughts about, like, why did they have to do this? So they make a stop. Ellie tries to juice this guy for some food who's well, giving him a Well, she
1: doesn't ride. actually even, like... She did not put in that much effort to do it. Like, it's... It, you can... The guy, I think, like offers some food and she's mm-hmm. like going to take it. And the Gable's like, no, because he's like got so much pride where I kind of wanted to be like, if you don't want to take it, don't take it. Yeah. but Don't make Ellie not take it. like.
0: But again, I love how because of that, they get out of the car to stretch their legs, make the mistake of leaving their luggage in the car. Okay. This is after they've had a piece of luggage stolen. Come on yeah. now, y'all. Um, and the guy just drives off yeah. with their luggage. In and it. Of
1: course, Peter goes running after him. And then, it, you know. Cuts to later, and he, Peter comes driving back with the car without the guy. And, and uh, apparently, he tied the guy. Yeah, to apparently, a tree. <laughs> he tied the guy to a tree and explains like that's just what that guy does. Is he like this felt picks a hitchhikers little, up and uh, robs them. Yeah.
0: So maybe it was justified. Maybe it wasn't. I think it was justified. This felt a little out of character for Peter. For See, me, I don't but... though,
1: because think of him about him. He's super prideful, and he's got a very like clear sense of justice. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, no, it is wrong to mooch off of someone for a meal. Like it is wrong to do that. Like he's. But is
0: it wrong to steal someone's car? Even, but it, if- hey,
1: that person stole from him, so I think in Peter's mind he'd be like, that is now justified. Like mm-hmm. I think I think it's I think Peter's I think it's actually wrong, but I can see how that's. But consistent. I think it's very in keeping with his character. Yeah.
0: Well, but now they have wheels, so yeah. now they don't have to <laughs> hitchhike, and this leads into I think a major turning point in the film. So the scene where they are at the second. Uh, like roadside motel Mm -hmm. there. So they have the walls of Jericho up, they're hanging out, laying down in their bed. And Ellie basically has decided that she's in love with this they established
1: too that they're like right outside of New York. And he's like, I don't understand why you wanted to like stay the night when we could have made New York in three hours. And she's like, Mm Oh, but we would have gotten in at midnight, and like, who's ever heard of somebody getting in from a trip at midnight? Oh, and like, that's they happened don't... to me all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get in on trips, when they, at like they don't have it's the fine. money to like pay for the place either, so they're gonna have to figure something out in the morning, which yep. Gable's not happy about. But it's like very clear that Ellie is having second thoughts.
0: Mm-hmm. She comes around the walls of Jericho, so again, using yeah. this motif of the walls that I really like. So now they're not torn down. But she's no, definitely crossing over yeah. a little bit and basically professes her love for Peter. And
1: Claudette Colbert kills it.
0: Oh my gosh. And when Peter's like, no, no.
1: He rejects her, but like softly, if that yeah. makes sense. Like he doesn't react a lot and he, he doesn't just be like, no, or I don't love you. Is He's like, you really should get some rest.
0: Mm-hmm. And then she goes and cries herself to sleep, crosses back to the other side of the walls.
1: Well, and previously they had been having this conversation where she's like, what do you want to do? And he was like, I want to like travel and do all this stuff. And I just kind of like want someone to do that with. And of course, that's when Ellie's like, I'll do those things with you. And like breaks down and tells him, well, she's cried herself to sleep. And then it pans over to Gable and you can tell he's just been... lying there awake the whole time Mm -hmm. because he can't sleep and then he's finally like ellie did you mean all those things you said and like she doesn't respond he gets up and like peeks over the wall and sees that she's asleep and that's when he decides that he is going to make his big sweeping romantic gesture oh my
0: goodness that he doesn't tell her about again but
1: again like very feels very in keeping with his character yes
0: so he's makes to drive to new york gets a loan from his newspaper boss
1: well what he does is he says it's kind of an advancement because he's like boy, have I got a story for you because he's like, Ellie Andrews is on her way back, but she's not going to marry King Wesley. Cause again, the, at this point, the father has come out to the newspapers and been like, mm-hmm. Ellie, I'm fine. If you marry King,
0: just come back. Yeah. Just come me's. back
1: and have a church wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like, then I'll stop fighting the annulment. Um, cause he's been apparently trying to get their marriage annulled. <laughs> um, so, You know, Gable's like she's gonna marry someone, but it's not gonna be King Wesley. It's gonna be me.
0: And of course, his editor takes the bait and gives him like what, like a thousand dollars? It's quite a bit. It's okay. We're in the middle of the depression too. Like that's a lot of money. What was
1: the reward they were offering for? It's like
0: what ten thousand? I want to say it was
1: like fifteen, maybe ten to fifteen. But
0: it was worth almost two hundred thousand dollars in today's. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was hefty money. So we're talking like. Five figures of today's money worth of advance. Yeah. Apparently Peter Warren is worth a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but unfortunately, while Peter's doing all of he this, he doesn't
1: make it back before she wakes up because exactly. the people running the motel come and wake her up because they're like, "We don't we just think got you, Yeah, they're like, "We don't think you can pay," and they saw Gable leave.
0: Yep. And so Ellie immediately calls her father because
1: she once again she thinks she's been abandoned because. Right previously she told him how she felt and he kind of shut her down so she now thinks he doesn't feel the same way she's mm-hmm. heartbroken so she calls her dad to come get her
0: so I would like to point out that it was earlier on you talked about how conflict is caused by not talking to one another <laughs> so this definitely is falling into that yeah oh for trope. sure
1: but again it's so believable for the characters yes and like her I think her reaction is very believable too because you could tell that she was very afraid earlier when being left alone and mm-hmm. yeah
0: so father and king wesley who can i just say king wesley's really old he's
1: so old looking he's
0: really old like, which <laughs> I'm, like, sure is,
1: I'm sure i'm sure it's on purpose because they're they want us to be like why would she marry him when there's gable which i mean yeah why would
0: money because he's option, not a fly like, boy i don't on. know <laughs> it's gable but this Scene where you have King Wesley and Dad grabbing Ellie, and then Peter driving, and how they're like, "Oh, that's weird." There's a police escorted entourage. And he's
1: so happy.
0: Yes, it's just like oh, he's singing the song that
1: he's singing the song that the other guy was singing. Yes, and when, and so he's the like, guy come who picked around. them up for hitchhiking. Yeah, that he was initially so sour about. Like he's now mm-hmm. singing that.
0: They get stopped at a railroad crossing and he sees Ellie with King Wesley in the back of this really fancy car and immediately is like down. Which, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. He thinks that he's lost this person that he is now realizing he's in love with. Yeah. So, leads into some of my favorite parts of the movie after this. Mm-hmm. So, again, I, I think we've said that all of the parts are our favorite, but the whole it's our
1: favorite part of the movie. <laughs>
0: Um, (laughs) we get this whole montage. Well, this one I had some questions on. The montage about the headlines and...
1: I love it because they then make fun of it. Yes. So there's one headline specifically that says, Love Triumphant! With an exclamation point.
0: Which is like the beautiful tabloid headline. Yes. Amazing.
1: Yes, and they they bring it back in a bit.
0: Mm -hmm. And so, um, my favorite scene, well one of only two scenes but my favorite scene between ellie and her father is after that whole newspaper montage and she is in this gorgeous wedding dress talking with her dad we haven't
1: talked about the costume design but top notch
0: yes and especially in this scene Mm -hmm. now earlier on i think sort of like with the set where it's not flashy but it is so well done that Mm -hmm. it is effective in the story i i think that applies to the costuming as well for sure um but it's really evident that she's having... This is, like, presumably the wedding day. She's talking with her father and having some major second thoughts. Well, and double fisting, well, might I ma- she, mention. <laughs>
1: you can tell that she's not happy about it. but in, And so can her dad. And yes. he keeps being like, you don't have to go through with it. Like, we can still call it off. Which I think, again, it's, like, like kind of nice relationship there where, like, he recognizes that she's not happy. and. Mm-hmm you can tell that he's kind of happy and hopeful that she's not happy because then it means she won't marry King Wesley, but like, he's not yes. going to write out, <laughs> say it, but he's like, we don't have to do this. Like we can call this off whenever you mm-hmm. want. And then, but she keeps being like, no, I said, I would do it. I have to do it.
0: Which you, you don't, but yeah, <laughs> I, you I understand why she's, but it's an in interesting
1: resolve. headspace for Ellie because mm-hmm. I would say, you know, argue at the beginning of the film, Ellie wouldn't be like, I said I'd do it, so I'd have to. Yeah. Like, I think it shows some character growth.
0: Which um, she had a lot coming up from Florida to New York.
1: Yeah, yeah. But then, of course, she mentions Peter Warren, and she is like... Because basically, that's has like, is there anybody else? Please, <laughs> is there anybody else? And she's like, well there is this guy, Peter Warren, but like he, he doesn't like me. Like he loathes me.
0: And what's really interesting is it comes out that Peter has contacted her father, yes, which
1: of course, Ellie then assumes is Peter wanting the reward. So exactly. now she feels super used and feels like she's been lied to because while Gable did very upfront be like, I want your story. Also, he was flat out like, I'm not in it for the reward.
0: Right. And that serves to only just solidify her in her decision to go forward with King Wesley. Yeah, exactly. Um, But as we find out later, which I really enjoyed the banter between Ellie's father and Peter. Peter comes over to the house and is Mm -hmm. like, you owe me, like, what, $36?
1: Yeah, it's basically what what he spent getting Ellie to New York.
0: So what we found is Which, again, is that
1: Peter Warren, like, moral code.
0: Exactly. It's like, I don't want the reward for returning your daughter because I didn't. I just want to be out the money that I spent on her. Yeah. And so adding to what a stand-up guy Peter Warren apparently has become minus stealing people's cars but (laughs) I have no issue with that Um, they stole his suitcase but I know you really like the dialogue at the end of that scene so again
1: we see kind of the mirror of the oh yeah conversation where Mm -hmm. but Ellie's dad is asking Peter Peter do you love her like do you love my daughter and the first time he asks it, Peter, like, goes into this long thing. He's like, she's stubborn and spoiled and all of this stuff. And then he's like, but do you love her? And Peter goes into this other, like, super long, Peter like, Peter stonewalls evasion. as much as he can. Yeah, he's <laughs> evading the question. And then finally the third time, which, again, you know, this movie uses the rules of three for comedy, like, beautifully. Yes. But, um, you know, the third and final time, the dad goes, but do you love her? And Peter goes, Yes, but don't hold that against me.
0: <laughs> and I love that the yes is the mirror of Ellie's answer to the bus yeah, driver. It's just it's,
1: <laughs> it's so good. And then, of course, he comes out of the door and sees Ellie on a staircase surrounded by people with champagne looking absolutely fabulous. As
0: always. Well, maybe not always. Yes. And
1: then, this is where we get the callback to that like ridiculous headline. Is She basically walks up to him and is like, what are you doing here? And he was like, I came to get the money I was owed, which, again, she assumes is reward. But mm-hmm. he's talking about what he spent getting her there. And he goes. Besides, I wanted to see what love looked like when it was triumphant.
0: <laughs> Such a horrible headline. I'm glad but that like, they lambasted it. I love it. that
1: they make fun of it. It's so good.
0: And the end of that scene, I really enjoyed the framing of Ellie in the doorway. Um, and then we get to the wedding day, which, well, again, the wedding ceremony. I should say.
1: The in- so first off, King Wesley arriving in his autogyro just I, like a helicoptery thing. I can't with him. You see so little of him, but like they the, give what you what you do see you what hate. What you do see of him and what other people say about him and describe him as makes you dislike that character so much. So again, like the writing is so good. Yes. But so of course the whole way he's walking Ellie up the aisle, her dad is like you can you can still get out of this. <laughs>
0: And he lets it drop, that Peter only asked for mm-hmm. the, what, $30 in change? Yeah, and, and change. he's like,
1: and he does love you. He told me he loves you. And then he, I love this part where he's like, there's a car waiting.
0: <laughs> he's like, set up the getaway just, plan. Just like,
1: over there. <laughs> if you want to run.
0: The, okay, so they get up to the altar, mm-hmm. and things are being said. The priest Which, is going again, through Claudette
1: stuff. Colbert's physical comedy. So good.
0: Because she's stone-faced, just sitting there. You don't see anything. And then... <laughs> Bam, she goes. Yeah, she just bolts after
1: they're like, do you take this man? She just turns and bolts and is like booking it, books it across the lawn. Of course, wedding guests are all freaking out. And she like climbs into this car and this car speeds off. And I love when King Wesley runs up to the dad after that. And he goes, what happened? And the dad's like, I have no idea.
0: Okay, Mr. Ellie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should have been calling him Mr. Ellie the whole time. <laughs> well, oh, now we can call him Mr. Ellie. Missed but
0: opportunity. The, I guess, denouement moment of this film, I loved so much. So we find out that the annulment has gone through. We find out yep. that Ellie's father paid Wesley a shit ton of to money. To not
1: contest it. Like,
0: but you also now are able to cut to Ellie and Peter traveling
1: well we actually don't see them again
0: we don't which I'm okay with
1: yeah no I like it I think it's a very nice setup so it cuts to the uh, husband and wife who run like the it's one of those roadside motels similar to like the ones that they had been staying in as they Mm -hmm. traveled it's the husband and wife who run the place, and the wife is like, I don't believe they're really married. And he's like, No, 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 they showed me the marriage certificate. Like, it's all good. And he's like, They did request something very strange though. And she's like, What? And he's like, Well, they asked me to bring an extra blanket and to go get them a toy trumpet.
0: <laughs> and then you hear the cheesy toy trumpet. Yeah. And there's a quick cut to of a, a blanket, blanket falling. is falling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So And the response to the telegram. Walls was, of Jericho down. Oh, I love it. So you go from solid walls of Jericho, people crossing over, and then they're gone. Yeah. Just it's, ruler threes, beautiful narrative structure. It is. Loved it.
1: Like, it's it's structured beautifully. The characters are written beautifully. Like, I mean, again, we can see why I've been describing this film as flawless.
0: Yes. I guess with that, do we want to go into our rankings?
1: Uh, sure, because I was going to say, I guess, do we have any other, like, funny notes? I feel like we've just kind of said them along the way, because, like, it is a comedy. Like, do you have any other just points you want to hit? not really i just
0: again like i said ellie runs like she swims very evasively
1: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think i think we can move into rankings then because i don't think i have any other notable notes
0: so i'm torn on this because i'm debating whether it's first or second in my list
1: i have the same issue
0: i and i think ultimately i'm gonna go with second
1: Oh, okay. So, little little behind the scenes info. This is actually the second time we've recorded this episode because there were some problems with the audio the first time. And, and the first time Ian had it decision. as number 1 <laughs> and now he's changing it.
0: Well, and I think the reason that I'm changing it is because I really enjoyed the film. I thought it was well written. I thought it was well acted, but in terms of um, like the impact of it I felt that it was less impactful than all quiet on the Western Front, and I know this is like heavily informed by spoiler alert. Some of the things that Maggie <laughs> said to defend her choice in putting it second. Yes, um, but ultimately, I agree. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: I I'm keeping it as second. Um, I actually waffled with it going to number one.
0: <laughs> oh yes, on the, I'm glad we were re- able to get each on other. On the re-record,
1: to think. <laughs> um, but I am going to keep it with second, and I think it is, you know. I, as I have said, I find this movie basically flawless. It's one of my favorite movies. I've watched it numerous, numerous times. As well done as it is, it did not have the emotional impact that All Quiet did. And I think All Quiet achieves similar levels as far as like how beautifully it's shot, how well it's acted, how good the story is and Mm -hmm. the structure is. But then it also just has that punch to it. Yes.
0: And I'm sure that that is because of the subject material. Yeah. No, I, like,
1: I think it 100% is.
0: It Happened just feels a little more frivolous, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. I was going to say, which but, again, like
1: it was such a breath of fresh air for us. Uh, yes. But yeah, I'm, I think it's going to sit at second. Now, granted, that is a very close second for mm-hmm. me. So I would say like the distance between It Happened One Night and All Quiet on the Western Front is much, much, much smaller than the distance between It Happened One Night and Grand Hotel, which mm-hmm. is my third
0: yeah, so my top three is actually It Happened One Night, All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, excuse me, I just read that in reverse. Ah. Number one is All Quiet on the Western Front. Number two is It Happened One Night, and the number three is Wings. Yeah. Well, okay. with that, I, yeah, know, I think really that wraps enjoyed it, it.
1: So you can find us on social media. So we're on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Best Pictures Pod on both of those. You can email us in at bestpicturespodcast at gmail.com if you have more, like, long-form questions or um, have any feedback that can help us improve the podcast but yeah so I guess join us um, in two weeks for the next episode where we'll be doing Mutiny on the Bounty another Clark Gable film.
0: All right well I'm Ian and
1: I'm Maggie and thanks for listening.